0: All right, Uh, well, welcome again to another virtual Sunday. Uh, It's good to have you guys here. Uh, We finished our previous series uh, last week, which was looking at the characteristics of God, not all of them, that would take us really the whole year, if not eternity, Uh, but we're going to shift now. And today I want to talk about uh, the five M's, right? So I'll explain what they are, um, where they come from going to the Great Commandment, the Great Commission, and talk a little bit about the church plan. So today's going to be uh, more practical. Uh, we're going back to this uh, focus of church planting and most likely for the next few months, we're going to focus on on that idea of, you know, because we're trying to plant a church. And this today is really like a sneak peek into some of the thoughts that I've been having. Um, I worried that maybe some of this might not interest you, um, but I thought, well, we're the launch team and I kind of, maybe assume a certain degree of curiosity uh, behind how this church is working. And so it's not going to be a fun sermon. It's not funny. Um, It's just going to be informative, but hopefully as a part of the launch team, uh, this is something that you are are interested in. And so we're going to just jump right into it and we're going to begin with the two greats and we're going to link that with the five M's. And so I'm going to explain, you know, what are the two greats and how do they lead to the five M's? Out of everything Jesus commanded his followers, there, were, there are two things that he said that stood out from the rest, right? And we call them the two greats and they are the great commandment and the great commission, right? You all got that right? Um, and the first is the great commandment, right? And we find this in Matthew, Mark and Luke, uh, but here in Matthew, uh, the question is um, thrown to Jesus, right? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And I try to explain this like someone going to, let's say, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, and asking MJ, uh, you know, what's the most important thing I need to do to be a great basketball player? And so Michael Jordan, as we all know, the greatest, he's the goat. Um, He looks at you and he says, look, this is the most important thing. This is the one thing you got to do. And then he tells you, right, this is what's happening here. Someone comes to Jesus and they're asking Jesus who's, uh, the holy person, the Messiah, he claims to be the son of God is from heaven. What's the greatest commandment in the law? Right? What's the most important thing I need to do to obey God? And the response that Jesus gives is, we know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? This is the first commandment, but there's a second, verse 39, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments, he says, depends all the law and the prophets. And so what our Lord Jesus is saying is what's the most important thing? Love God with everything that you are. And then right next to that is love your neighbor. And you can kind of summarize everything that's come in the old Testament, all those hundreds of laws with these two, right? Love God and love your neighbor, right? And so when you think about that, it's really simple. It's simple in the sense that, man, all I got to do as a Christian is love God and love my neighbor, right? They're the most important things. And, and when I think about how simple it is, I'm like, oh, man, I should do more of that. I don't know about you. I, mean, I, I, I just need to wake up, love God, and love people. That's the great commandment. This is the great commission. The other great. Now, I talked about this at the end of the book of Acts, but as we come to Matthew 28, uh, Jesus commands his disciples, verse 19, go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we've got the great commandment and we've got the great commission. The great commission is make disciples. And I've been thinking about this for a while. Like what's their relationship with one another? Right? How do they work together? Is one more important than the other? Are they just separate things? Or you know, do they kind of flow into one another? Right? I don't know if you've ever thought that question. Let me ask you right now. You know, which of the two do you think is more important? The great commandment or the great commission, right? Just pick one in your mind. Now for me, like, as I thought about it, I landed on the most important one is the great commandment. I don't know if you agree with me, but this is the reason why number one, Jesus said it was the greatest commandment, right? Done. Finish. Let's move on. And I'll just keep going on. The second reason why is that the greatest commandment is eternal. The great commission is earthly. Uh, we will live out the great commandment forever in heaven, loving God and loving our neighbors in a way we can't do today, Right, we're trying today, but we'll do it perfectly in heaven. But the great commission uh, won't be something we're doing in heaven. There'll be no one to make disciples of, right? Everyone will be evangelized to, and all the Christians will be perfect, will be glorified. The third, the great commandment really should fuel the great commission, right? And here's the relationship. If we try to make disciples without loving God, or without loving our neighbor, right? It's not um, a making of disciples that pleases God, right? The, the motive is not pure. It's either selfish or it's prideful, right? Why would you want to see someone saved unless you love them? Right? Why would you want to see someone saved unless you want them to come to God and give him glory and love him? Right? We need to make sure that the great commission is being lived out and fueling the great commission. Whether we're evangelizing or making disciples. And the fourth reason, the great commandment is really the best way to live out the great commission. If you want to see someone saved, well, I believe the best way to see them come to salvation is to love them first. Not just to Bible bash them, not just to you know, treat them like a project and tick a box, but you first love them and care for them just like God's kindness leads us to repentance, right? In that kind of relationship, we want to love them and see them come to Christ and become disciples, right? And so the great commandment and commission related, the great commandment is maybe more important. The great commission is our mission on earth. And I shared this right at the start, but if you kind of put them together, this is how I understand it, right? We're trying to fulfill the great commission by living the great commandment. Now, I don't know if this is a vision statement. I don't even know what a vision statement is. I'll come back to you guys eventually. I've been Googling and Everyone has a different definition of it. But this is what Christians are meant to do. Right? Christians are trying to love God with everything that they are, love their neighbor, and in the process, see disciples made by fulfilling the Great Commission, by living the Great Commandment. And from these two greats, we can then kind of pull out Five things Christians are meant to do in our lives. Five things. Five activities. You as a Christian, in order to fulfill the great commandment and commission, do these five things. And these are the five things, the five M's uh, that Christians should be doing. Magnification, membership, maturity, ministry, and missions. The five things you as a believer are meant to be doing and because these are the five activities Christians are meant to do, the way our church is going to be structured is off these five M's. Right? If you've come from your life, and I'm pretty sure that's 100% of us, uh, these five M's are not foreign to you. I've just re, kind of reworded the way that we were structured before. Right? When you kind of think about it, we had these five M's back in our old Structure and I want to explain uh, what these five M's are in a moment. This is all based off uh, Rick Warren's purpose driven church model. You know, so many churches around the world are using it or adapting it, um, and so this is the model that we're going to go with as a church. This is our structure. Now, now, the future goal is that there will be someone leading each of these five M's, right? We'll call them directors, maybe, um, they will lead uh, the ministries and the ministry leaders under them. But before, I guess, this time being. We've got no people leading the five M's. We've just got ministries under these five M's. And so what are these five M's? First, magnification. We are to love God with everything we are. And a part of loving God rightly is kind of honor him, honoring him and uh, placing him where he deserves to be. And he, being God, deserves to be magnified. He deserves to be Made famous, um, exalted, uh, glorified—all these words are trying to say the same thing. And so, in the church uh, context, uh, magnification and the ministries under it are going to facilitate and encourage passionate praise, worship, exaltation, adoration, thanksgiving, etc. Right? To um, especially as a response uh, to the gospel of grace. Now, magnification will include ministries like. Uh, Sunday service team and praise team, right? Those two kind of ministries are under magnification. And so as we start this season, as we start meeting up, I've asked EJ to lead the Sunday team and Peter will be leading the praise team. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. One moment. I'm just going to add Shane into a breakout room. I've been, I've been requested. Where, Where are you, Shane? Oh, no, no. Okay, good, done. Alrighty. All right, moving on. Um, The second one is membership. Uh, Membership uh, is really loving your neighbor who is closest to you. And for us who are Christians, that is our faith family, our church members. Um, Membership is me getting plugged into a church, belonging there, being loved and loving, you know, my church members. And so in the church, our membership will facilitate opportunities for people to belong. It'll start right from the first time that they step into the church, all the way to seasoned people, and we're trying to help them to belong. And so the ministries under this membership banner will be ministries like events team and newcomers team. Our previously newcomers team was under Sunday service team. We've pulled it out We're going to put it under membership because they're trying to really do the same thing, newcomers and events. We're trying to help people belong. You know, something I found was that the people who were in Sunday team weren't necessarily the people who wanted to be newcomers because, you know, a lot of people want to be in Sunday team because they want to be in the background and they want to do these small things. They don't want to meet people. And it was kind of different uh, personality traits. And so um, we're kind of putting them both under membership. Now I've asked Sung Ho Ho Lee to lead newcomers. Uh, We feel like he he did a great job there. And David Che to lead the events team, right? The third is maturity. Uh, We uh, become what we love. And if we love Jesus, and so we're praying and we're reading the word because we want to commune with him, then over time we will grow to be more like him, right? Because we become what we love. And so maturity is trying to facilitate that. So in the church, we're trying to help people grow, namely through the word and prayer in the context of community. And so under maturity, we will have ministries like growth groups. And for the moment, that's all it will be. In the future, maybe seminars, special conferences that are trying to help people grow. Now, we don't have anyone leading growth groups. I'll be leading the growth group leaders as they lead the members. Number four is ministry. When we love our closest neighbor which is our church family and as we're becoming more like jesus uh, the natural response is that i will become a a servant to those people that i love right and that's where ministry comes in right we're serving our church family and so in the church ministry is really an opportunity for people to serve the church members and so there aren't really any ministries under ministry because it's called ministry And it's called ministry because you're meant to then go out into one of those other ministries and serve. But over time, under that ministry banner, we'd want to be able to provide uh, resources, care and training for people who are serving in those ministries. And so that's the end goal of ministry. No one's overseeing that except me at the moment. But it is quite important uh, for the future. Number five, we have mission. Uh, This is loving your neighbor outside of church. This is where the great commission really comes in, right? To make disciples of all the nations, right? we want to love those people into salvation so that they will bring God glory. And so in the church mission facilitates and equips God's people for outreach. We're outreach in two ways where it's by word and deed, Word is proclaiming the gospel. Deed is justice and mercy ministries, helping people like the poor or or, uh, those who are struggling. And we do that both locally and globally. And so that's the uh, way that missions fits in the church. And for the time being, we've got one team under there, which will just be, um, I don't know, mission ministry. I don't know the name uh, yet, uh, but I've asked uh, Mark to continue leading that ministry. And um, they, they'll focus on, um, I don't know, uh, maybe short-term trips evangelism training. Um, we'll leave it up to the team there. They're the five M's. These are the things that we're meant to do as Christians. And so these are the uh, ways that we are structured as a church. Now, in addition to these five M's, we've got creative ministry. And so they are helping each of these other ministries, you know, express, you know, I guess what we want to communicate in beautiful ways. And so I've asked Joan to lead the creative ministry. And so that'll be exciting. Um, and then we also have kids ministry. And when you think about it, kids ministry is like it's, whole, it's a whole other thing. It's its own kind of beast. Uh, it's an entity that in itself, uh, depending on the age, will try to balance these five ends as well. And so that's a whole big thing. Um, and I've asked Amy to lead kids ministry. And so that's exciting too. We've got a great team right now with kids ministry. They've been serving like even from the start until now. And um, if there's a a ministry that really needs our love and support, I think it's kids ministry because they're not trying to just trying to prepare for launch at the same time, weekly, they're taking care of the kids right now. Um, And so you give them lots of love. Um, And so these are the ministries. And so I had my first meeting with the ministry leaders um, and we're calling the ministry leaders, just, just it's going to be confusing uh, because the directors, we used to call them ministry directors, directors are the guys who will eventually take the five M's. These are the ministry leaders leading the ministry teams. It's confusing. And you know, you know we'll work through that. We met this week. It was good. It was fun. I actually talked about everything I'm talking about today. So they're hearing it again. Uh, but just a reminder in case you missed it, the leader for the ministries are EJ for Sunday team, leader for praise, David Che for events, Sangho for newcomers, I'll be leading growth groups, Mark is doing missions, Joan is doing creative, Amy is doing kids ministry. And so if you put your name down as a core person, I want to be a part of the core team in any of these ministries, uh, these ministry uh, leaders should be contacting you uh, within the week. And so what this means is that like, you can take these five M's as a Christian and evaluate yourself. So this is the application for these five M's for now. Um, they kind of provide a basic and essential framework uh, for the things I should be doing. And so um, it will be helpful as a, as a believer to look at your own life and ask, now, am I doing these things? Am I magnifying God in my daily life? Am I a member of a local body, a faith family, not just attending, but really putting in the effort to belong? Am I growing in maturity into Christ likeness through the word and prayer? Am I sacrificially serving those near and far just like Jesus did? Am I being mission-minded, light and salt in the world to play my part in bringing souls to Jesus? Right? So am I doing these things in my life? Right? The five M's are also a helpful way to kind of evaluate other people. Right? And I don't mean judge people and be like, oh, you're not doing this one. But if you're in accountability, and you're trying to help someone like to kind of think you know in my brother or sister's life are they neglecting one of these five m's and can i challenge them to grow in one of these areas right as a leader if you look at your individual group members it's helpful to look at the grid of the five m's uh, to encourage your members as well and this is helpful also for groups so if you're a ministry leader or a growth group leader, you're leading group events to look at the group as a whole and ask, are we practicing these five M's in the time that we have? And so as growth group leaders, the time that you have, are you, do you have these elements in the two hours that you have as you meet every week? And maybe you don't have it evenly balanced, but if you don't just make sure it's purposeful that you're not, you know, that you're emphasizing one over the other, maybe in your families. Think about it, right? Are we practicing these five Ms, you know, as a family in the way that we talk, in the way that we act? Are we, are we thinking missionally, right? Are we thinking of those who aren't saved, right? Are we trying to use our money or our resources to serve other people? Right? When's the last time we blessed someone like that? As a church, we want to be balanced, right? We want to be healthy. We don't want to overemphasize one over the other. And so we've got this structure set up. So hopefully we'll be balanced as a church in each of these five M's, right? We probably know all this. Uh, It's just a good reminder of the way that we're structured and why we're structured in this way. Maybe you didn't know why, but this is why. Second, I wanna talk about some uh, shifts that we're gonna have as we think about the structure. Um, You know, we're really blessed as a launch team that we have spent so much time together prior at New Life. Because what that means is, uh, for the most part, we're on the same page. We're coming from, you know, the same grid or understanding. We're not starting from scratch or a blank page. And that's a benefit because, you know, we're coming from the same template. Uh, But one danger of that, the flip side, is that whenever we want to break a habit, change culture, or, you know, change something, it takes extra effort. And we need to be super explicit about it because we're going to all assume things are going to be the way they are but maybe they're not. And so we need to be super clear about it. And so I want to talk a little bit about what we're going to change in regards to the structure. But Before I do, I'm going to very quickly talk about the way it was. Now, I don't know if you remember the way it was, but we had these five Cs. The, the, that's the part on the right. And the five Cs represented you know, five different groups of people who had varying levels of commitment, right? you know this? I hope you know this. Right. You don't have to know. need to whispering right next to me. I don't know. Okay, very encouraging. Um, very encouraging. I don't know why she was a member. Oh, anyway. um, so first was the crowd and it's really the community, but the crowd were people who were on the fringe, right? That's why they're the crowd looking in and their commitment was, I'm going to be at church today. Right? They don't know about it next week. Maybe they're a newcomer. Maybe they're the person that comes only for Easter and Christmas, but they're just here for this one week. And what we used to do was we connect a ministry directly with that kind of person. And so for the way that we did it, it was Sunday. And so the Sunday team would focus on the people who were there just for that week. Right? So they'd have newcomers team on the Sunday. They'd reach out to those people. And if there was ever a place that you'd want to invite someone, it was meant to be the Sunday service. Right? That's what we'd say. Then there'd be the congregation. As their commitment level rose, they'd be regular weekly attenders of Sunday. But that's about it. I'll go to church every week. right? That's what they'd say, but maybe nothing else. And the people that were meant to target them was fellowship team. Right? So they create events that were meant to help those people build relationships with each other. Because even if you don't believe in God, if you have relationships with other people, then you'll probably stay at church. Right? So that's what we thought. And that's how we did it. And hopefully over time, they believe in Jesus um, and they become committed. They're committed to Jesus and hopefully committed to the church. And now commitment's increasing. And the, the group that was meant to target them was growth groups. They were meant to help them grow. Right? And so we had closed growth groups, a place where people of the same commitment level, committed, would be able to take their faith seriously, study the word, pray, and run the race together. Over time, they committed would then become the core. Right? Not just people who walked with Jesus, but were ready to now work for Jesus, right? Work for him. And so they're giving back. And so they then plug into a ministry, right? A ministry was reserved only for the mature people who are in growth groups who were saved. And you had to kind of really have a high level of commitment now, maybe meeting every week in a ministry, etc. And then you have the community. The community are those outside of the church. Their commitment is, they have no commitment they don't go to church. They're either de-churched, unchurched, or maybe they are of different religions. And the ministry that would focus on them was witness. And to really to get to witness and to kind of do any evangelism, you had to um, have like really push through all of these things and then you're the cream of the crop and you go on a short-term mission trip or something like that. And there were reasons for this. Now, this model has benefits. Uh, One benefit was that it was clear right? It was easy to make sense of. You could, even though uh, no one remembers it, like my wife, um, it, it was easy to grasp in that you'd have these five steps. It was clear. Uh, and the clarity also brought focus, right? Each ministry was able to focus on one kind of person and just pour out everything on that person. And the third thing was that hopefully less people slipped through the cracks because it didn't matter which kind of commitment level you were, there was someone reaching out to you. Now it, they had these benefits, But what I'm going to say is we're going to move away from that, right? As we move away, the risk is we'll lose some of these benefits, but there are pros and cons with everything, right? Um, There were some flaws that also came with this kind of way of thinking. And so what we're going to do, we're going to kind of break off the ministries from focusing on uh, a type of person, but just focusing on an area, right? So the ministries are just focusing on, let's say, maturity, not just for a particular type of person, but for just maturity for any kind of person. Events, not just for a specific type of person, but events for any kind of person, right? That's how we're gonna go. I don't think the previous approach was wrong. Uh, We're still sticking to the principles that um, formed those kind of the structure. The principles are staying the same, but just the model on top of it is gonna slightly shift. And I'll, I'll explain why. These are the, a few reasons why Um, we're going to go this way. Number one is that, uh, and this is, again, this is behind the scenes stuff, I hope it's not boring you, Um, uh, hopefully it's interesting as a person in the launch team. Number one, we don't graduate from the previous M's. The linear progression of steps kind of could have made it feel like um, I've moved on now from the previous step because I'm going from one to the other. So I used to go to the events, but now I've moved on to growth groups. And so I've, I don't need to go to the events or now I've moved on to a ministry. And so growth groups is something that's not as important. And quite often it was just a, a, a hoop to jump through so I can get into a ministry, et cetera. Um, but if these are five areas of our lives that we're meant to constantly be growing in, then does the progression really make sense, right? So that's one of the reasons. A second, spiritual growth is messy, not linear, Now, the five C's connecting with the five M's is like an OCD leader's dream, right? It's so neat and simple and clear. uh, But in reality, people are complex. No two people are the same. And we don't necessarily grow in the same way right? I I still believe for the most part, people will go through the same kind of funnel, which is they'll go to Sunday service, then they'll go to an event, then they'll go to growth groups, then they'll serve, then they'll go on a mission trip. I still feel like for the most part, it'll be like that, but I think uh, it's not always the case, right? Salvation, the way people grow uh, is a work of the spirit. And I wonder if a part of being so kind of organized, was me trying to control salvation and spiritual growth, which is something only the Holy Spirit can do. And the Holy Spirit works in messy and mysterious ways. And so we're breaking from that linear um, kind of progression because maybe someone will benefit from going to a Sunday service first, or maybe someone will benefit by joining a growth group first. or Maybe someone will benefit by coming to an event. Right. And, and so people are going to kind of grow in different ways. And we'll just let God work in the messiness. Now, this is like unsettling for me, but a part of it is we just trust God. Right? we're just going to trust God in the messiness. The third reason uh, that linear progression uh, kind of led to these false standards of holiness and commitment. Right. This um, assumption that the further you were in those kind of steps, the more holy you were or the more committed you were. And so a person could feel a false sense of pride or self-righteousness because now they're serving in a ministry. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're a great Christian or I'm going on a mission trip this year. And so you'd feel a sense of pride. Now, these are all good things, but it doesn't mean because you're doing a mission trip over, you know, maybe serving in a ministry that you're better than the other person. Right? And we're still going to have prerequisites, by the way, uh, except just a lot of stuff is going to be open, and those details uh, will come to maybe another time. Uh, but going on number four, that led to judgment. And so you could look at someone and be like, oh, you're not serving in a ministry. Or oh, you must not love Jesus, or you must not love the church. Or well, you're not going on a mission trip you know, for the second year in a row? Oh, you know what's wrong with you? Like we we kind of feel that way just because, Um, the the progression was so clear and linear. That didn't take into things like season of life, right? A parent who has a young child simply doesn't have um, the capacity to serve in a ministry. And remember ministry was higher up in the, in the rungs of the ladder that you had to often go on weekly meetings. And so a parent couldn't do that, but now they can't serve in a ministry and it would appear as if they're less of a Christian when, you know, that's not the case. And they might not be able to go on a short-term mission trip, um, but that doesn't mean they're less of a committed person to the church. Another example is maybe a person isn't serving in a church ministry, but they're busy discipling people, you know, out of church, meeting people one-on-one, trying to evangelize to their friends. And when you think about it from the lens of God, that doesn't mean that they're any less of a Christian, but because the steps were so linear, you might look at them and say, oh, what's wrong with you? Right? So we kind of want to break that. We we're trying to break that the whole time, um, but the, the breaking of the five C's from the M's will help that. And number five, ministries don't grow people, uh, people grow people. I've talked a lot about this, um, but the way that the ministries were set up uh, made uh, the congregation rely on the ministries to do the work that we were meant to do right and so um, sunday team and newcomers will take care of the newcomers and then they'll push it up to events team and events will plug them in somewhere and then they'll push them up to growth groups so growth groups will take care of them etc um, but it's not the ministry's role to uh, disciple and invest in people uh, it's us everyone is a missional discipler right? ministries don't grow people People grow people. And so what is happening now is it's not event team's role to focus on the weekly attenders and get them to build relationships. It's events team's role to bring just people from the spectrum of you know, faith together in one place. And then in that place, hopefully the mature, the spiritually mature will connect with the spiritually younger and then you know, organic discipleship and relationships will happen. Right? Does that make sense? It's not growth group's role to focus on um, you know, the believers who are committed and grow them. But we're going to create a space where, again, there's a spectrum of people and hopefully the older will invest, uh, invest into the younger and both will grow because the younger is being discipled. The older is discipling. And so that's a great way for us to grow as well. Right? Do you see that? It's a little bit messy, but it's a lot more personal and relationship based. Now, again, this model's not perfect. no model is this one will come with its own set of cons i'm sure with its own set of risks but you know spending the last six years you know connecting the five c's to the m's i think it's better for us to loosen up a bit and we'll see how this goes Um, there's another shift and this one's going to be shorter Uh, we're aiming to have smaller core teams and more volunteers right more helping hands so this is somewhat related um, but we're going to split up the ministry teams into two groups. And one is the core team, which is hopefully going to be smaller, and the helping hands, which will hopefully be a lot larger. And so when you think about, I don't know, I, I keep picking on ministries, um, events team, uh, fellowship, like last year was, was quite massive. Like I think, I don't know if you had 10 at a certain point, praise team, uh, well, praise team's kind of unique. They had like 10, witness had like 10, right? So all these ministries have quite a lot of people in them. Um, my hope is that they'll shrink. To, to a certain degree, and we just have a high kind of rotation system set up. You know, the prior setup was that there was only one way to serve, and the way to serve was to join a ministry team, and that meant, like, possibly meeting every week. And again, like I've shared, parents with younger children, people with demanding work hours or unpredictable work hours, they simply couldn't serve in the church. They might have commitment, they might love the church, but they couldn't, like, jump from where they were to go into a meeting every week, right? So what if someone wanted to serve, but they couldn't because of the time, they they couldn't give up time. And so opening up helping hands solves this issue. It allows people to commit to the ability that they can and serve. And so the hope is that the core members of the ministry team will meet up, make discussions, uh, make decisions, and then a lot of the volunteers will rotate, maybe serving once a month. So instead of Sunday team preparing snacks every week within the Sunday team, they're facilitating, and organizing, and a roster system of people will do snacks like we've been trying to do when we met in person, rather than. And so this is an example I gave to David. Rather than events team always, you know, preparing all their events together as one unit, maybe in the events team in the core team that are people focusing on different areas and maybe two people could focus on women's two people focus on men's and when the women's conference comes around those two core team members would then reach out to the volunteers who maybe pop up only once a year they're the volunteers for women's ministry they'd work with the core members to organize that women's event and when the women's event is over those people can then go on to maybe their life Maybe discipling people, you know, outside of church, or maybe they're a part of another core team and are only helping out once in a while, right? So this is the kind of, you know, thinking that I've had, and I'm sure some of you have told me to do this, right? So I'm not saying I came up with this. Uh, Number one, the, the benefits of this is increased engagement. So we're going from a little, right? A little bunch of people committing a lot to a lot of people committing a little, and now a lot of people, more people are engaged. A lot of people are now able to help out. People of different life stages. Maybe people who want to dip their toe into a ministry, but are afraid to commit and say, yeah, I'll join. Because uh, they feel like that means they've signed their life away for the rest of the year. Right? So it's able to engage people. That leads to then increased ownership. Because now, uh, even if I'm giving a little, I feel like I'm participating and growing the church. So rather than a few people feeling like this is my church, hopefully a lot more people will feel like it's their church. By doing this, the third thing, hopefully it'll create a culture where everyone is serving. But because the majority is involved in one way or another, the culture will be one where everyone feels like I'm meant to be giving. I'm not here just to participate. I'm here to really contribute in my way, whether it's small, whether it's large, whether it changes in you know, a month by month, I'm here to give, right? That's something that you know we've always wanted in your life, um, but we weren't able to kind of feel, I think, as a whole. Fourth, the hope is that this will decrease burnout. And this is a big one. I think it will hopefully decrease burnout by a few ways. Um, I think before people were serving beyond their capacity because the only way to serve was to be a part of the team. But I think some of those people shouldn't have been part of the team It should have just been a helping hand. And so now you can kind of put your name down there and not stretch yourself. Second, a bigger roster of people will mean that there will be less pressure on the core team members and even the people that are rotating through. So preparing snacks every week is hard, but maybe doing it once a month is much more manageable. Many hands make light work. New recruits should bring um, kind of excitement, I think, to the core team. Because, you know, when you're stuck with the same team members every week for the whole year or year after year, you know, you kind of lose that excitement. But when new people come in, right, they, they're like so excited to, I don't know, hand out pamphlets and stuff like that. And so I think that will just generate new excitement, new recruits, and that will decrease burnout. Number four, last, uh, less burden, hopefully, on the ministry leader. You're not trying to take care of a massive team. Uh, you're not trying to um, you know, just do everything yourself, but hopefully you can rely on your core team to delegate and they will then lean on the volunteers to get stuff done. And number five, it'll open up the possibility of non-believers serving. Now I put serving in quotes because um, kind of on a theological kind of level, I don't think non-believers can really serve God in the sense that it's worship to him. And so there's definitely going to be some ministries that are closed off to believers or, you know, will have a you know, certain um, prerequisites, et cetera. You know, we'll figure that out. Um, but I think um, there are ways for non-believers to get involved. Um, and I think it will benefit them, not, not God, but benefit them because they're now rubbing shoulders with Christians. Right. And again, that relational aspect of it, public ministries like praise team will be closed off. Uh, Short-term mission trips, because it's about proclaiming the gospel, most likely closed off, but maybe things like um, welcoming. I don't know. I haven't talked to um, EJ yet. Maybe things like um, they can't go on a short-term mission trip, but um, going to feed the homeless, right? Justice and mercy ministries, right? Because um, even uh, non-believers want to do good, right? And and so we want to allow allow them to do that, but hopefully through the process, they will hear the gospel, right? And so it allows things like that. So this is just an update on where we are in terms of the five M's, right? It's come from the great commission, the great commandment. These are five things we're meant to do as believers, but also five ways that we structured the church, right? There's some shifts as we continue this model. Um, and I've explained them here. Uh, Andy Stanley uh, I don't, I've kind of quoted him before. He's a pastor of a mega church, great on leadership. He's a great communicator. I differ with him on some uh, theological stuff, but uh, he says this. He says, date the model, marry the mission. Date the model, marry the mission. And that's like a tongue-in-cheek way. A model isn't like the runway model. And that's why he, he says date the model. He means uh, the model of a church, uh, it comes and goes. Right? So don't hold on to it too strongly uh, but, you know, you marry the mission, right? The mission is the thing that we're really holding on to. Uh, the mission, I'm not saying it's a mission statement or a vision statement, whatever it is, but you know, the mission of the Christian is we're trying to fulfill the great commission by living the great commandment, right? We're trying to make disciples as we love God and we love others. That's what we're about. And we've set up this model. It's imperfect, but we're going to run with it. And hopefully it will help, right? It will support you and me Loving God, loving others, and making disciples. The structure can't run the church. It's us, right? And we need to be involved in it, but hopefully it'll help us. All right. So, the two questions I want us to kind of discuss today is this. I don't know if you can read it. I chose the worst background. Um, which of the five M's, oh, okay, which of the five M's is God challenging you to grow in? And so, that's more of a personal and a reflection that if you don't remember, um, well, it's too bad. You should remember what the five. Magnification, membership, maturity, ministry, missions, right? So they're the five M's. Is God challenging you in any of these? And what are your thoughts, if any, on those two ministry shifts I talked about? Number one was those M's are now not focusing on specific types of people, but just, you know, broadly. And the second one was having smaller core teams and more like a volunteer roster of helping hands. So I just want you to discuss that as a group. Do you like it? Don't you like it? If you have any kind of um, feedback on it, throw it at me. And, you know, I, I definitely take all those things into account. All right. Let me share those questions.